You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. No music, no intro. I kind of feel like this episode, like Ryan put a gun to my head and just said, we're recording tonight. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you don't have any Friday plans. It's going down tonight. Uh, another episode of Hashtag Things Twitter Podcast. Um, as always, you can follow Ryan on Twitter at ThatBoyWolf. Uh, so we don't have a lot to discuss because it's, it's a dead period of the NFL right now. However, there's two things that have happened this week. The first happening today, Nick Underhill was the first one to report it other things signing um Ty Montgomery and then <laughs> Sean Payton goes on a radio station interview with Jason Lockenfor, I believe. That's probably why I haven't even listened to it, honestly. Was uh, that was that Lockenfor? It was. Just JLC. That's why oh. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, Why would he go on Jason Jason Lockenfor, man? Out of out of all shows. I don't know. We're our our goal is to still get get coach on, on this pod. We're we're still still trying to put that in motion. That's that's our white well. But he basically goes on the podcast and the whole um you know James Harrison basically said that Mike Tomlin handed him an envelope when he in you know when he knocked out Massaqua so then it got heart started on the whole bounty gate thing. So Ryan said he needed to get some stuff off his chest. So before we get into the, all that I don't know if my man's been having a couple in him tonight. I, I get it. it you know it. <laughs> you know it. However, let's start with the actual football news of the Saints signing time at Dummy first. Um, so Nick reported it first. It, it I mean, okay. Like, I, don't, I, don't, yeah. I, I don't know what to really – I will say I think the perfect description that uh, I saw, I think, uh, Kevin Sims on Twitter basically said he's an upgraded Tavoris cadet, and I couldn't think right. of a, mo- a more accurate, on-the-money description and analogy in terms of – Yep. Yep. Uh, I feel the same way. I mean, even when he was at Stanford, I used to think the same thing. I used to watch him because <clears throat> I, I know we – I remember we were kind of looking for, like, a new Sproles. 
So I would watch some of him, and I was just like, eh, you know, I mean, he's good, but, you know, he would do some direct snap stuff, kind of like Cadet used to do. He would catch passes out the backfield. He'd line up in the slot. But it just wasn't, wasn't really much creativity there. He kind of would take what's given to him, played hard. He was, you know, you know, he was uh, competitive, caught everything. But he was very similar to Cadet in that, you know, you're not going to get much dynamic energy. But if you had to play with him, say, God forbid, you know, Kamara was out a, day, a week or two and you needed you know, a, kind of like a pass down back to come in and, you know, be on side of Drew Brees, fly out to the flats, or get out to the slot, you'll be fine with Ty Montgomery. You know what I'm saying? You know he's not going to be Alvin Kamara, but – He'll go out there and, you know, he can move the ball. He can get third down, you know, convert third down, third downs, make those cuts to get over the middle. So, you know, it's a fine sign. I mean, it's May. You know, I mean, this is, you know, you sign a guy like that in May, you know, you can't complain. You know, I'm sure the money is negligible at best. You know? Yeah, you you can't complain. I mean, he's it's, – it's such – it's so interesting with this offseason and training camp and everything potentially being shortened because like, – you know, there's a chance he might not be on a 53, you know, if we're just being, right. we're being real, but well, 55. That's 55, sorry. But that being said, um, it, you know, it, at this point in the off season, it's super low risk. It's, it's, it's additional depth. Um, and potentially with, you know, Alvin being healthy, hopefully that can, you know, I can see maybe some, some personnel where Ty Montgomery is, and a running back out, out in the shotgun, and that allows AK to be lined up as a route receiver, maybe him running deeper routes, things like that. I mean, you, yeah. you, you can do the same thing with Murray, but with Montgomery, you have another pass-catching element in case there's a check down or like a hot read or something like that. Um, right. not, something that I'll never forget <laughs> in terms of time Montgomery, though, is I want to say it was two seasons ago, um, it was a, a barn burner between the Rams and the Packers in LA at the Coliseum, and the the Ram the Packers defense had held the Rams. I want to say to a field goal, and it allowed like Aaron Rodgers had the plate set, you know, to like make this comeback last minute game winning drive kickoff. Ty Montgomery catches on the kickoff and he fumbles the ball. And, oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. and the next, the next week, he gets traded to the Ravens. <laughs> yeah, that was under Mike McCarthy. Yeah, yeah it was, that was when it wasn't starting out well. He just was like fed up. Like anybody that made a mistake, he was like, "Go on, go on." I just remember Rogers being so hot at time. Yeah, because that was you know that was his little sprawls. Like you know that was his little check down guy. And you know Rogers liked him, man. I mean, you know, but Rod- yeah, I remember Rogers being super pissed after that whole whole thing. And he and the next week he would like he never played for the Packers again. He was he was a Raven. Um, so I don't remember him with the Ravens at all. Like, <laughs> no I don't remember one, anything. <laughs> no one does. Um, and, go ahead. Uh, and who was he with last year? Uh, the Jets, maybe the Jets. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, he, I read he had 2.4 yards per carry for the Jets. Now, that just tells me he's going to have like 4.6 yards per carry with the Saints, and he's going to be productive. 
I I I, mean, I can I can envision Sean having a, a couple of maybe a player to a game carved out just for him. I mean, is there any you know way you could juxtapose, juxtapose two coaches like Adam Gates and Sean Payton? Like, <laughs> give Sean. You know, I mean, look at Kenyon Drake. He just was dying in. With the Dolphins. I mean, the the the, the yeah. list the list of people that Adam Gaze have space jammed the the life sports energy out of them is a long. <coughs> I mean, look Drake, at Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Le- Bell is like they're talking about like just it should just cast him to the wind. This guy was like a top you know a top five running back man. Uh, let's not forget Devontae Parker. <laughs> like every every as, oh. soon, as soon as Adam Gaze leaves the situation. Players just start to flourish. Just, just miraculously, will just start to flourish. Like, I don't, I don't understand how he still has a. I don't understand how he, Matt Patricia, still have an NFL job. I mean, I, I know why, but that's. Speaking of which, speaking of the topic, can we even talk about the, the news, <laughs> Jim Trotter, that the owners are going to. Oh. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to get too much into it because I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't. Whatever. People can get in my mentions and they'll get blocked real quick. But just the idea of to incentivize an NFL organization franchise to hire more black head coaches and more black GMs that you can improve a team's draft. It's just what. Listen. Doug Whaley messed Doug Whaley messed the whole game up. Like he, he ruined everything. He ruined it. No fifth, sixty, seven-year-old black or white NFL owner is gonna be like, they'll just like, oh, you know what? Doug, what Doug did to the Bills, and they're like, nah, we're we're thank you. <laughs> we are good. But just just that notion, all jokes aside, because I'm trying, not, I'm trying to make light of a, a serious problem in the NFL, but just that notion of that even being talked about is absolutely mind-blowing to me. I mean, you could tell, you know, they don't have a lot of people that is thinking straight in the room, you know. They're just thinking, hey, maybe we just throw some draft picks their way. They'll start hiring them, you know. <laughs> like, here, there you go. <laughs> Take it. Are you happy now? You know, <laughs> it, it, I just as soon as I read it, I was just immediately like three or four issues popped into my mind. So, and that's just me. Like, imagine, you know, the uh, unintended consequences and all that stuff. You know, so and, and I, 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 I doubt it'll pass anyway. Oh, I, 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 there's there's no way I could see it passing. But even as a, a black male, I read that and I was like, this is a like just in so many ways, it's just an awful, awful idea. It it just <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> come on, Doug. I think I think Andrew Barry in is he in Cleveland or is he in Minnesota? Where no Andrew Barry he's a GM. I want to say for the Browns, maybe our last hope. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> may be our last hope all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna set the stage um and i'll, I'll let you 
you know, be the the narrator for the whole bounty gate and it being revisited. So we we as fans, we were coming off at that. <laughs> Imagine if now going back in history, like ranking playoff losses. Like if you told someone, like, "Hey, you know that San Francisco game you guys lost? It gets worse." <laughs> exactly. But imagine that summer, because I, I I remember it vividly. I was there at the San Francisco game. I remember that hurt. Like at that point, as a fan base, like we're we're hurt, we're downtrodden. Like it was, we're just in our feelings about that playoff loss. Just and then, like everything starts coming out. Like there's all this news, and this is right before Twitter became super big. Like it was still, right. it was still there, but nothing like it was today. And I was on Twitter, yeah. And uh, Bounty Gate happens, and all that. And I remember I've talked to you about it in the past, like. And I've said it even on Twitter, like you beca- almost became an attorney when when Yeah, exactly. I've never like I never studied so hard. I mean I was reading like literally literal PDF court documents. You know, I was you know trying you know, I I see a word that I didn't understand, I Google it. This man was reading this man was reading case law, could have taken the bar. <laughs> <laughs> this man was ready to fight the NFL. It was serious, man. And I remember it vividly because it was March 2nd. It was the day after my birthday. My birthday is March 1st. And uh, I think free agency was starting like a week later. So, you know, we were all on Twitter. I think I had, I mean, I had like 100 followers maybe at the time. I just followed, you know, I followed beat riders, sports people, a couple of, uh, you know, Saints fans, you know, just a small, humble little Twitter universe, you know. And I'm just... I remember because I had just started a new job. Like it was like my second day at the new job. And I'm just sitting, you know how when you had a new job, you try to stay on your P's and Q's, you know, yeah, you're, not, you, on the, you're not on the internet. You're just, you're just trying to work and just yes. look like a good soldier. <laughs> yes. And I, 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 I'm just peeking at my phone because I know it's like, you know, it's close to free agency and stuff is going on. So I'm just kind of taking a little peek at Twitter. And then Schefter just drops a tweet like, Saints are under investigation for having a bounty, having bounties on players since 2000, 2010. And, and uh, you know, they have 50,000 documents proving the case. And they were paying players to injure other players. I'm like, what the? Like, what is going on here? Like, and, and first you're just in shock. You know, you don't know what to think. Like, it's like, wow, 50,000 documents. And, man, the league. And then Schefter's just poured it on. He was like, there's definitely going to be suspensions and draft picks involved. It's going to be bad. I'm like, yeah, oh, he, God. He was, a, he was the big boogeyman. <laughs> I mean, he's the go-to guy, you know. Correct. I mean, if, I, it's, one of the, it's one of the few examples where I've seen where, like, the media can really dominate and set the narrative and write the whole story before you even know what what's really taking place. Mm-hmm. Without you know? question. And so, and it's like they set that narrative, and like I guarantee you, like eighty percent of sports fans out there, that's all they know about by the eight. That's it. That first, that first one or two days, that's what they saw, and that's the end of the story. Even though it went on for like a whole year of deliberations and arbitrations and all this stuff, 
all they know is those first those first huge news drops. And we know that the NFL is the master at PR, the master at setting a narrative and controlling the story. It was just crazy, man. Don't and don't forget, I don't remember how soon after like maybe a couple of weeks or maybe a month later, the, the audio uh, oh, Greg Williams. The Greg Williams audio drops the the game before the San Francisco game, which mm. it was like it was taking the the story and then that was already gasoline and then that just added the match to it. Like it was at, out of control. And what was funny is the NFL didn't even know about that tape when they dropped. You know when they moved when they dropped the Bounty Gate story. That came once the Bounty Gate story dropped. The guy that shot that documentary with uh, Steve Gleason and uh, and uh, Scott Fujita, they were in that room that time. After he saw the story, he was like, "Oh, I got this! <laughs> I got this audio!" And he contacted the NFL, like, "Hey, I got this! You know, what do y'all want to do with it? You know what I'm saying? I mean, who knows what they paid that guy, or if they paid him, or whatever. But uh, I mean, that that was the dagger right there. I mean, that that video. I mean, that audio." Even when you go back and listen to it, I mean, it sounds bad, but you really just—if you know Greg Williams, that's just him, man. Like, so it's it's so it's so funny because I, obviously, I shock spoiler alert wasn't a professional athlete, but I did play football, and it the it's so hilarious because the audio and how he talks in that tape wasn't super different than how like our coaches would talk to us in like junior high about the opposing team and like unless you unless you have some type of like maybe athletic or athletic or competitive sports background like that is like if you're just a fan like a regular you grew up wherever you're from you grew became a fan of a team you never really played a sport you don't know like what it is to be like in a locker room or thing to hear how a coach talks to athletes and the players. It is right. It's not like anything else in this world. And so you like if you're just a regular normal fan listening to that, oh, you're like, oh my god, what is that? Like, like, you, like it sounds so terrible. But I heard it, and I was like, man, when I played football in junior high, high school, like. That's that's how coaches will talk to us. Like it sounds extreme, but it's all about the context of it, and that's the thing: is the context of the situation was lost. And you know that's what pissed me off because you had so many media members, and they know like these people are around football players twenty four seven. They know the mentality that these guys operate with. You know they know it, and they know. These things have been going on for decades, you know, money pots, bound, not just boundaries, but money pots just for, cause, because guys just like to have little incidents and they like betting on stuff. I mean, it's, yeah, man, I'm going to throw you a hundred. You're going, uh, you know, you're going put your chest in your, I mean, put your shoulder in that QB. Do we, do, are, we for you. are we not remiss from how, well, Michael Jordan's a different character, but he has like an serious competitive like gambling problem but athletes right. like athletes love putting money on things. it is in their competitive nature to do so period right right but that's like one part of the story because the Saints from the beginning never denied that they had a that there was like a pay for performance 
you know, guys exchanging money, you know, for big hits, big plays, stuff like that. They never denied that. <clears throat> but, you know, the NFL made it a point to not delineate the difference between those things. It's a painful performance. NFL was saying pay to injure. And the NFL made a focus on promoting that pay to injure scheme. That's what they promoted. That's what they tweeted. Saints ran a pay to injure scheme. So every time the NFL would come out and say, hey, uh, Anthony, Anthony Hargrove admitted that the Saints were running a pay to injure screen or Greg Williams admitted the Saints were running a pay to injure screen. Then you read the actual affidavit that they dropped. Greg Williams is like literally denying we never ran a pay to injure screen. But what we did, we did have like a pay to performance with big plays and big hits. But it didn't matter to the NFL because, you know, they felt like they could portray that like there was no difference. They wanted to show because they specifically said pay to injure scheme with the intent to injure and knock out football players. That's what they said. And us as fans, we like we've literally watched every play of every Saints game all these years. I mean, our defense was eh, it wasn't knocking nobody out like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like. Like they, yeah, they blitz a lot, and they, you know, they would, but they barely could tackle. They weren't knocking nobody out. They weren't head hunting and nothing like that, you know. So it was like, where's this coming from? Like it just blew my mind, man. It, you know, it's even going back to that. I don't know if you remember this. I, I'll never forget it. Um, it was, I want to say, it was Reggie Bush's rookie season. I think the Saints played the Ravens that year. I might be wrong. I might have my years wrong. I'm pretty sure it was that year. And I remember the Raven, like they, like you know, the the you know the pregame talking as the week the game, and you know players talk to the media or whatever. And I'll never forget, like a Raven player, I can't remember off the top of my who it was, stated that they were going to add a little hot sauce to Reggie Bush's ankle. <laughs> <laughs> so like, and this was like I want to say 2006, maybe 2007 off the top of my head. I, I'm not, I don't know the exact. Like this has been going, this goes on. And and also, this happened, but that same thing happened again with Reggie Bush. Uh, I think that this, when he was with the Dolphins and the Jets was playing him and Rex Ryan, Rex Ryan was the head coach, I think he was the D.C. when you were talking about with the yes. Ravens. Yes. And they were saying the same thing. We're going to put a little hot sauce on Reggie Bush. And Reggie Bush was all mad, like, oh, they're, gonna, they're trying to hunt me down and all that stuff. But, I mean, we know this is like – this is the game, man. Yeah, it is. Um there, there are so many. I think the person I, even to this day, it, which is weird because Sean Payton is now, I guess, has made amends with him now. Is Peter King? I've, I've lost ever since the completely lost complete respect for Peter King. He's been blocked. He's been blocked since since then. And I'll I'll never forget. Like, I think this is before I had ended up blocking him, but he had tweeted something years ago. And I remember I, re I re you know, replied to his tweet, and I said, Saints, fan Saints fans still um, still remember, like, the shit, basically, like, the shit you talked during Bounty Gate. And this is after Bounty Gate and after the Saints were vindicated. And he DMs me, and he says, I remember it, too. Like, what? Like, what? So I, I remember very, like, Sean Payton was so steamed and so pissed that like there was just a group of people in the media that he just refused to speak to and acknowledge for the longest right. time. He's yeah, 
that ice has melted over the years. Because when Peter King did the whole article of the, you know him being embedded with the Saints before we had played the Eagles that year, and, he, and then he dropped that article, like that was shocking to me because I didn't mm-hmm. even know that Sean was even talking to Peter King yet at that point. And it took years. It took years for them to redevelop their relationship. Because if you remember before before Barnegate, him and Peter King were tight. Like that was his go-to national figure. You know, like before uh, he was cool with Jake Laser back then, but that like before uh, Mike Florio, uh, Peter King was his go-to guy. He always had kind of the insider Saints nuggets, especially that came directly from Sean Payton. I mean, Sean Payton even uh, like guest pen the MMB uh, MMQB column once uh when peter king was taking a break that like that's how close they were like peter king was like hey you go ahead and you know you write the article for this week you know what i'm saying gotcha mm-hmm. so when, when and when peter king like came like and peter king was coming with it he was like i can't believe the saints saints did this we have absolute facts the nfl i mean he was just 100 haunted and jeff duncan was like following him <laughs> Right. Speak, like speak Jeff, I I didn't even know how to block anybody on Twitter. Jeff Duncan was the first person I blocked. He even blocked <laughs> God, bro. Like I like I would never I would never unblock that dude, man. He's ever, done, he's ever. done with me. You know, his takes already garbage, but like <laughs> since then it's like you done, bro. You know? Um so all the it was <laughs> And I have my love and hate relationship with Mike Florio. And sometimes he's just so off the wall with some of the the, the stuff he comes up with. Like, as as example, like, he's now, like, kind of pushing this agenda that, like, oh, well, potentially, like, the Seahawks may trade Russell Wilson. Like, okay, Mike, yeah. calm down, bro. Like, relax. Stop. 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 However, that said, as much as he may be annoying and he makes me roll my eyes from time to time, I will always show him love. And maybe it was a, him being a, a former attorney. Uh, yeah. when, this whole, when this whole thing happened, he was the only person to call the NFL on their BS. And he said, not to, you know, Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend. He was like, he, he dug in. He was basically doing what you were doing as a fan, but he had the, the platform yeah. to, spread, to spread the message when everyone else was coming out with him. And props to him for that, man, because, like, we were the only one reading those articles. He would drop an article at, like, you know, 1 a.m. at night, you know, just a long, you know, post, you know, just diving into what new evidence, well, so-called evidence that would be, that had been leaked, and he'd, you know, break it down and ask questions that no one else was asking, you know. And, uh, I mean, I really appreciate him because when he started, when it first broke, he was just like Peter King. He was hammering the Saints. He was like, oh, this is a disgrace, blah, blah, blah. But like you said, the lawyer in him, I mean, lawyers naturally ask questions. Questions, 100%. Question, question, without question. question everything. And he just started pointing fingers and pulling strings. It's like, this really this ain't adding up. And I'm pretty sure, I'd never know for sure, but I'm sure he, t- he got a hold of Sean Payton. Sean Payton got a hold of him. And he got to hear the other side of things that really, of really what happened. And he really, uh, you know, he really went down a rabbit hole after that. And I used to, like, I could, I could still pull up the emails of, that I sent to him, like, just, hey, you missed this point. Or, hey, you know, here's something that, I, this, this is something else they don't point out. Like, I remember when, uh, 
the Mary Jo, whatever, she was like a former U.S. attorney. Yes, yeah. And yeah, and then the NFL hired her to be like their, uh, you know, their front person for the Bounty Gate thing. And she literally brought in Adam Schefter, Peter King, uh, Mike Silver, you know, the head honchos of the NFL media and showed them, quote unquote, evidence because it was being questioned around that time. So she was like the final nail in the coffin. Look, this is the evidence we have. And they all came out like, whoa, we just seen the legit evidence. There are no questions that this is happening now. But then the NFL was forced to release that evidence, and it was just holes galore. I mean, it was just like, what is this? You know, what is this going on? And one of the parts of evidence was, like, John Vilma, there was this, like, spreadsheet, and John Vilma had, like, 38 head kills against the Giants in 2009. And I'm like, 38 head, head kills? kills? Like, <laughs> Is this Call of Duty? <laughs> I mean, he, he should be like the NFL defensive MVP. I mean, you've got 38. <laughs> and I remember the game. I mean, the 2009 Giants game, it was a great game. I don't remember anybody getting knocked out or nothing like that. And then she, she kind of reversed and said, oh, there was a, a play where uh, Roman Harper knocked out, a, knocked out the running back. And then I actually, like, went back and looked at the game, and I was like, that never happened. It just never happened. I actually sent that to Florio, and he did make a post about it. He didn't, like, attribute me or nothing. But he did point out, you know, the fallacy in the claim, and he went back and looked at it, too, and there was no evidence of it, you know? So it was just like you just started to see that this is all BS, man. Like, this is pure BS if I haven't seen it in my life. It was in it, – <laughs> I just remember being okay. So I remember, it, like, it's. I think it's it's different for you because you were in New Orleans, right? You were there, so you're around like a community, a, a city, a state, usually of of mostly Saints fans. So imagine me. I'm on the West Coast, mm. diehard Saints fans. So then, like, it's like being it was like being attacked, not attacked, but like you, you're like you had to always be like in not argument or, or, or this mode where you had to defend, I had to defend the team. Now, knowing what I know now and everything, like the Adam who was a Saints fan then and the Adam Saints fan now are two completely different people, but <laughs> it, it's just, I had to be like, well, you know, had to do like the, well, actually, if you look at yeah. like, and that's, and that yeah. was, that was constant. Because because I'm around people who aren't like saying mine. So they're like you said earlier, they were going off ESPN, whatever, who, you know, whatever the, the media was, was spinning and not really digging into what actually went on. Even to this day, to this very day, people, people love, love bringing up almost, I mean, I guess I can cuss on a pocket border. People love freaking bringing up Bounty Gate to us. Like, hey, it makes us mad. It doesn't. First no. of all, if you're listening to this and you're not a fan of the Saints, bringing up Bounty Gates to us doesn't make us mad. Uh, if you think it adds a little asterisk to us winning the championship, maybe it does, but we still won, so you can still suck it. Like, it does nothing to us. What upsets us is the reputation that it tarnished for that 
team, for those players, yeah. for those coaches, and even us as fans, because it's like, oh, well, you're a fan of a team that, like, you know, you got your team injures players. Calm down. No, they didn't. Stop it. Um, so fast forward. <laughs> so, so that was 2012, I want to say. Fast forward to, like, we're eight years later. And Sean Payton is still hot. Like, he it's just and, – and I don't blame him. I don't blame him. And so just this notion that James – and I remember that James Harrison hit on, on Massaquat. It was – Yeah, yeah. It's nasty. It's a nasty hit. Um, and this, he comes out on a podcast and says that Mike Tomlin gave, gave him an envelope for the hit. And could you, like – just, like, Sean, Sean was just so, like – dismissive he's like the league's not gonna look into it like like nothing's gonna happen because he's right nothing is gonna happen um and it's just just this double standard that right the saints will always uh, you know just be the victims of and it's something that you know in terms of person in terms of reputation it's you know in some type of way it's always going to be tarnished to the, like the general masses because that's something that they're always going to bring up no matter no matter what. Even with the facts cleared and the players being vindicated in court legally, it's always going to still come up. Always. I mean, I even looked at. I mean, it was a random just Saints news tweet today, and under it, you know, some random fan was like, "Sean Payton, you know, bounties." It's like, man, you know, and it just sucks because, you know, that was such a good team, a classy team. And they will always have to live with that. And and it really, you know, like it really, it really, a few things bug me. You know what I'm saying? If you know me, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I react to very little. You know, I just, a lot of, a lot of little things just roll off my back. I mean, I just, I'm just, that's just me. You know, always have been. But man, just, you know, really targeting Vilma like that, putting him on the cover of a Sports, Sports Illustrated. Illustrated. Sure did. It it just but because he was just you know he was like a great leader man he was I don't know if he's a good guy I don't know him personally but on the field he was a great guy and a great leader you know and he never played the game dirty he never played ever. the game like uh ever like uh he never played the game like what's what's his name oh, I don't know exactly what you're talking about uh oh boy from Oakland and it was the bingo I can't yeah. even think of his name right, right now whatever his name we, he never played like that he played the game like you're supposed to play it you know and. For him to be the target that he supposedly put up fifteen thousand dollars in court, like he showed, he put up like, all his bank records. He never, you know, uh, the, took out withdrew ten fifteen thousand dollars out of his account. That literally was a creation by Mike Cirillo, who literally wrote that uh, supposed uh, that supposed script on a napkin and gave it to NFL security, saying. This is who gave who. Just to show how BS the whole case was, they based that whole case off that little napkin that Mike Cirillo wrote, John Vilma slash $15,000 for the NFC Championship. He also wrote that uh, Joe Vitt put up $5,000, or it was $10,000, something like that. Now, they didn't, uh, they didn't acute, when that, when they released, when that leaked, that little that little uh, napkin, the, the copy of that little napkin. People were asking, like, well, why isn't Joe Vitt being accused of uh, paying bounties? 
And then the NFL immediately came out, well, Joe Vitt is not being accused of paying for any violence. We found no evidence of that. Well, if you found no evidence for John Vitt, Joe Vitt, how did you find it for John Vilma? And if anybody knows Joe Vitt, Joe Vitt would never put up. Joe Vitt was driving a, a Saturn, like a, a, a little old Saturn. <laughs> this, man, this, this man knew what Joe Vitt was driving. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Like, like this man was cheap. He wasn't putting up 5000 for no bounty, you know? I mean, it was just all BS, man. But, you know, it all started. And you know, Sean Payton got to take a little blame because, you know, he carried big nuts. So, so he that, just does, man. He still does. Like, he still. It, so if, if we want to get to that, the best way I, I kind of said what Bounty Gate was is the league got word of the whole pay-for-performance thing. Uh, Roger Goodell and the league told, hey, Sean, tell the team to look, let's, put, let's put an end to that. You know, it's not cool, blah, blah, blah. Sean's going to be Sean. As you know, and I think as Saints fans, that's that's him coaching a game, and that's him like as that's just him. Sean's gonna be Sean, so it it he, he allows it to continue. He kind of lets Greg Williams does his thing. He doesn't really rein it truly in, and it wasn't about the pay for injury or even the pay for performance. It was just the league and Roger Goodell was mad because. You know, they, they, they had to check them. That, that, that's what it was. They checked exactly. it. You have to look at the whole history. You, you got Sean Payton. He has Mike Ornstein hanging around the team. Ornstein was uh, sued by the NFL in 2009. He was kind of like a de facto member of the Saints that year. He helped the Saints, like, uh, put up uh, billboards around Miami for the Super Bowl, basically saying, hey, we coming and stuff like that. You know, he was a booster. He was like, you know, he was just kind of like a little creepy money guy that would hang around. And he was supposedly selling like fake NFL merchandise. And the NFL actually had to sue him for it that year. Sue, sue Mike, uh, Mike Ornstein. But he was a hanger on that was always around the Saints, always around the NFL. Everybody in the league knows him. Everybody. Everybody deals with him. He's just one of those get things done type of guys, you know. But they didn't like Mike even though they tried to warn Sean Payton, don't have this guy around, Sean Payton kept this guy around. Then you had the Vicodin Gate, you know, which is kind of swept <laughs> under the rug. But it was a black eye. It was a momentary black eye for the league. You had Sean Payton oversleeping for the uh, the post-Super Bowl presser. You know, he oversleep. Oh, he, he pulled a, a Kari Fort? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But the Kyrie Ford, NFL had to send security to wake him up. You know, he just always had this kind of F you, I do my own thing mentality. And you had the whole thing about CTE, players trying to get, you know, players suing the NFL, trying to get some kind of compensation for all the, uh, you know, head trauma they've taken over the years. And it just was a perfect storm when Mike Cirillo came to the NFL saying, hey, you know, a disgruntled, a disgruntled former Saints, you know, assistant coach saying, hey, I got I got dirt on the Saints, you know, and it just was a perfect storm. Oh, and, and it you, all came together. Roger Goodell, as soon as that, he was doing the, the Birdman hand rub, he was like, oh, yeah. do you? What you got? <laughs> what you got? What you got? 
and it all came, and it cost Sean Payton a year, man. Like a year. People, people forget. Like that's how crazy we don't like. You don't see that a head coach getting suspended for a year. You know, and multiple, multiple draft picks, multiple draft picks, two first round picks. Oh. Uh, he couldn't. He couldn't even talk to anyone in the NFL. A guy that's you know has been in the NFL for decades. All his friends in the NFL, he couldn't – like, that's worse than a quarantine. Like, at least we're at home, but we could talk to our, like, you know, we could talk to anybody. Right. Like, FaceTime, whatever. He couldn't talk to anyone in the NFL. I'm sure he did on a slick. But, you know, who knows? You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he had, had to walk on his P's and Q's. Yeah, and he, 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 he was coaching Little League. I remember he had reached out to Bill Parcells to be the interim coach for a year. Like, it was – It was nuts, man. It was and, and Mickey Loomis spent it for, uh, what, six weeks, eight yeah. weeks, or something like that. Joe Vitt suspended for, like, six weeks. So we're starting the season with Aaron Cromer as the Saints head coach. <laughs> head coach of the New Orleans Saints, Aaron Cromer. Like, where's Aaron Cromer right now? I don't even know. Uh, I want to say the Bears, but I could be wrong. Um, he was with the Bears, but they, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I remember he got caught up, like, beating up some kid on the beach. He was about something like that. Right. He pulled the junior galette. <laughs> and and I, I remember that year. That was the year Drew Brees had broken some, some record. Who knows? He breaks so many that, you know, Sean Payton had to ask permission, eat, eat a hot dog oh, just yeah. to be at the game. It was, yeah. it was against the, the Chargers. I want to say. Yeah, the United's record. The United's yeah. record. And it's just, like, I don't know why I'm getting a little upset just, just talking about all of it. Like, <laughs> man, like, people don't understand Dawkins, man. Like, Saints fan, we deal with, you know, we deal with some stuff, man. <laughs> and it's not like, yeah, there are, there are teams that dealt with worse. Like, I'm not saying that, you know, if you want to compare. But it's like the stuff we deal with is just like it's so, it's so outlandish. It is, it is it's so football and sports in itself is like a reality show. But it's like the Saints are like in a special reality show that no other team <laughs> is is in. It's just it's that, it's that like we I mean we could do podcasts about the whole junior like it. It's, oh. it's, it's they have a uniqueness only to themselves um that's why now it's it, for us i feel like just kind of like taking like a step back and just kind of just looking and laughing at everything is just yeah it's a lot healthier um but the this this team is wild this team and just in terms of everything that's that's happened over the year oh just you know we don't have even go the you can just go back as long as sean's been a coach like yeah, like just this this time period has been so crazy, and we didn't. So I didn't listen to the interview, but speaking of Aaron Dirty Laundry, like the whole Delvin Bro interview that he did. Oh, Delvin Bro, Delvin Bro was hot, man. He was hot. <laughs> I'll let you speak because I haven't had a chance to listen to it. I'll let you. Speak. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I mean. I doubt it was different than any coach-player relationship in the league. You know, I, coach, I mean, Sean Payton, he's notorious for putting uh, China dolls 
in the locker of a player, you know, if he's injured. Correct. Yes. So, you know, he's from that Parcel. I mean, he's he's a head, he's an NFL head coach. I thought it was just the Parcel tree. And all these guys, you you know, you kind of tell players that you've got to learn how to play with injuries. I mean, it's part of being in the league. You have to learn how to play hurt to a certain extent. Obviously, if you can't play, you can't play. But, you know, if your knee is hurting or your foot is hurting or shoulder or back, you got to just muscle through it. We're going to shoot you up with some stuff and got to get on out there, you know. Some happy juice. You know, we're going to shoot you up with some happy juice, you know, and you got to get on out there. But, you know, and it was like that with – I remember reading – I think it was Nick kind of putting it out there that was like, you know, coaches are kind of frustrated with Darren – I mean, with uh, Delvin Burrow's injury and all that stuff. So it and, was – it was that, okay, it was that, I don't remember if it was the same day. So first that came out, and then Nick also reported that the Saints were potentially looking to trade him. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I'll never forget, and then Ian, like, Ian Rappaport retweeted it or, you know, co-signed it. And then, like, that same day, or maybe, like, the next day, it's like, oh, like, this dude got a broken leg. <laughs> Bruh. And then they're firing the medical staff. It's like, What? And I, I mean, imagine Delvin Brodo. Like, I really felt this pain in that interview because, I mean, here's a guy who bounced back from a freaking broken neck. Yeah, man. You know? Like, bounced back from that, struggled in the CFL to become, like, a great player there. Amazingly got a chance in the NFL and did a for, real good job. For his, for his like, his city. Like, his, his... – Yeah, in his hometown. In his hometown. In his, his favorite team, you know. And you got the head coach that's, like – like you solved, man. You like you need to get on, you know. And it's like, damn, like Delvin Bro was just like, like he was fed up. Like he was like calling Coach Hands, like, man, what's up? You gonna talk to me like that? Let's do something, you know. So you know, I mean, you know, obviously you just can't have a relationship like that. I just, I just hate that it ended like that because you know maybe if he could have got healthy, you know maybe he could have been like a role player or you know part of the team, but. That was just crazy, man. Like, Sean, Sean Payton was stressed. It was like third season of 79. You know what I'm saying? He was just stressed, bro. You know? <laughs> Got to win. Quarterback's injured. Yeah. And, that's, and that's why this is going on another tangent, but like the whole the whole underratedness of or the whole, not notion, because I feel like that's too giving too much weight to it, but like just that chatter that you hear in, in Saints Twitter, like, oh, well, maybe the Saints shouldn't pay Marshawn Lattimore to a big contract. Where have you been for the last 15 years? If, if that's where you've been, man. Like, come on now. Like, come on. Even if, say he just stays where he is right now, which is he's a top five, you know, top five-ish corner for, you know, 10, 11, 12 games a season. If he stays like that, it's worth it. It's worth it, you know what Easy. I'm saying? Easy, easily. You you cut, you make that contract extension, and you don't think twice about it. Don't think twice, man. Like it's easy. Corner position is tough, you know. So it's hard to find that, you know. And I think, you know, as he gets older, I mean, the guy's like what? He's 22, 23. He's still so young. Soon. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this guy, you know, once he starts learning how to really be a pro, I mean, he's gonna be good, man. So I'm not, I mean. You pay that guy. Pay him, you know, $20 million, $18 million, whatever it's going to be. You know, it is what it is. If you're not going to pay him, you're going to pay 
Who? You know, uh, Tremaine, Tremaine John, Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> Dude, you know, Josh Norman, you know. Brandon uh, Browner. <laughs> it's funny, I was, I was talking about Brandon Browner just, just recently in this whole little beef with, with uh, Lions yelling. <laughs> Saints, man. Uh, it, I'm just thinking of just random Saints things. Speaking of like the bro thing, so then they they uh, a tweet I'll never I'll never forget you you said the whole they fired the whole doctors whatever they they hired new doctors they traded for the long snapper from the Eagles. Physical <laughs> dude has like this heart condition where he. Like he's gonna die. He's gonna die. I'm not, I'm not laughing at that. But the tweet you said, <laughs> said we got new doctors, you bitch. <laughs> like imagine that. Imagine if we had the old doctors, man. Like that dude could have died, man. On the field, like the snapping the football. Oh my god. Uh, oh my god. Fairly too. Nick Fairly too. Yeah. Oh, only, only the Saints, only the Saints. Saints, man. Like it just, it drives me crazy. But Bonnie Gate is just one of those things. I like, I, it's like a burning piece of coal in my body. Like man, it, like it just, it burns me up, man. So I feel Sean Payton when he, and I can't wait till I know he's burning. Whenever he retires, oh, oh it, the, the chopper, the chopper is chopper goes thing, boy. He, he, like he go come out. Like, this is what really happened. And he said on the interview uh, that, like, multiple media people have come to him since, like, hey, I'm sorry for writing all that. You know what I mean? I didn't really understand. I didn't, I'm sorry for eating the cheese and all that stuff. So I know he's he just sitting there like, man, whatever, bro. You know? He's like, he's, he's like he got something for him. He got he got something for him. He got something. I'm, I'm surprised. I wanted to kind of, like, chill. Like, <laughs> Talking how he is now, I'm like, man, just chill, man. Like, <laughs> we need to listen to what happened in 2018 and the MC Championship. Like, chill, bro. Wait, you know. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap this one. I feel like we could laugh and talk about the Saints all all evening. We're gonna wrap it up before we close, though. So we Ryan was able to pull the strings. Um, so we have Greg set to come on. Uh, we're set to record with him next Thursday. So our, our goal or our plan is to have a hashtag Saints Twitter pod mailbag. So you can either send your questions to the, the Saints Twitter email, which is saintstwitterpod at gmail.com, or use the hashtag at Saints Twitter pod. Get your questions in. We're probably going to try to pick between the best seven or eight. We don't want to take up too much of Greg's time. Um, but we want – it doesn't have to be specifically Saints-related. It could be maybe just in general or whatever in just regards to football. But we want those really just intricate, like, football questions where it gets your, you know, your mind going, where you're just just all into, like, the, the you know, the minutia of understanding the game, of game planning and, and football it could be player related, it could be plays related, scheme related, whatever questions you have, get them in, and then me and Ryder are gonna compile them in and, and pick the best one. Yeah, man, we want y'all to come with the heat. Like, 
you know, as what's the difference between a cover three, you know, a cover three and a cover two and a cover zero and a cover one, you know, come with stuff that, you know, that's really going to educate the fans, you know, stuff that's really been, you know, what, you know, what's, what is an RPO? How does an RPO work? How do you defend an RPO? You know, all the little things uh, that, you know, us football nerds, things we think about uh, that somebody like Greg Cosell that could come with and really explain really well. He's a really good teacher. So, and, yeah, and just send, send us the questions. Yeah. And then just think about, like, like the opportunity. Like, you have, a, you have the chance to ask Greg Cosell a, a football question. And Greg Cosell, like, he is – I mean, that last – you know, that last five minutes when he was on the show, like, I still think about yeah. it and start, start fanning myself off a little bit. Um, and so, <laughs> just, like, no keep problem. going, Free. <laughs> <laughs> the beat is hot right now. Keep going, Greg. Um, you know, you just have, you have a chance that, you know, you might not, that doesn't come up, you know, super often. And this is your chance to really ask and for him to, you know, ex- you know, to come on and answer the questions, and then to support our, our cause. Uh, so uh, this is just me being completely random. But to support our cause of trying to get Sean Payton on the show, if you listen to the pod, I want you to send. I want you to send Sean Payton a tweet, and just say, "Coach, do the hashtag Saints Twitter pod." Just, just get the movement going. Like maybe at some point, we we know he's on Twitter. He has he has nothing better to do. He's he's super happy Twitter fingers now. You'll see it. And maybe he sees it enough times. He's like, you know what? Maybe I gotta go talk to those three. Maybe we got. I gotta talk to the fans. So why well? It's gonna happen somehow, some way. We're gonna get them. Um, so with that, we're gonna get out of here. Follow Ryan on Twitter at that boy Wolf. Don't follow me on Twitter. You're probably blocked anyway. Um, next next week we'll be back with another episode. We're out. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.